earthly habitation for you, almighty God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm, I think I'm probably just going to talk a little bit tonight, if that's okay. And um, uh, I'm praying, and I've been praying today that as we talk, that the Lord would help you see beyond what I say. Now, that may not make sense right now. But I, I think, I don't think, I know. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that because of how the Lord has been dealing with me. I know the Lord is wanting to impact our perspective. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just share some things tonight, some things you've heard, some things you have not heard, some stories, some testimonies, Brother Keith. And by the grace of God, may you hear beyond the story. Right? Why don't we pray that right now? Ask the Lord to anoint our ears to hear. Help us to hear what you want us to hear, Lord. Give us... Ears to hear spiritually in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to me. I, I love the tabernacle. I really do. I don't know that there's, I, I, I mean, I understand the Holy Ghost and Calvary. I'm not putting the tabernacle above those things. I, you know that, but. And I love the tabernacle. It's it's so beautiful. The, so much type and shadow. And the, the fact it reveals to us how meticulous God is in reaching us. It reveals to us how concerned he is with us. And how much he desires to save us. And beyond save us. Because save us is really just the initial. We sometimes make it the end. But. Really, his greatest desire is abiding relationship with us. And, and the tabernacle really does, like every detail was about relationship. Every detail was about posturing so that you and I could get to him and that he could get to where we are. And his desire to be involved in our lives and us to be knit with him. And, and I, I marvel and I reflect on it often. It was some years ago. I marvel about the tabernacle, but stay with me. It was some years ago, um, I don't remember how many now, but uh, not quite 14, because that's how long we've been back from Arkansas. You sort of measure from different things. But I remember when we got the news that we had a short time to vacate the building in Wapato. I was talking with the Jimenez briefly tonight about looking at some old pictures and seeing some old videos and kids were talking about songs in that church. and it. Some of you never saw that building or you, you saw it, but you never experienced the ministry of the Spirit of the Lord there. And I remember how we found that building. It was, it was prayer one day and in the building that we were renting. You know, When you look at the tabernacle in the Old Testament, there was always a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire over it as they wandered through the wilderness. 
And when the Lord said, it's time to move. They didn't decide. He decided. And when he moved, the pillar of fire would begin to move or the pillar of cloud would begin to move. And they're like, hey, he's moving. We're moving. Amen. And so we see there the clear type and shadow, of course, of the leading of the spirit being led by the spirit of God. I have a question for you. Do you think it was hard for them to tell when the Spirit of God was moving somewhere else? Do you think they labored over, Oh, God, help us to follow your Spirit. Oh, God, we just want to be sensitive to your moving. I prayed that way. I think we have something greater than they did. And so, it's always been the desire of God to lead men in relationship. And so, if we submit ourselves to God, if we submit ourselves to God and to His Word, He will lead us. That's not, I hope He does. He will. If we submit ourselves to God and His Word, He will lead us. It's His desire. You think you want God to lead you more than he wants to lead you? Really? No, he wants to lead us. And so we see that pattern there in the tabernacle. And, you know, when we first... I'm going to go further back. I feel like I need to do this. I'm going to try not to bore you to death. And I'm I'm probably not going to pay attention to the time. And I'll try not to wear you out. But here we are. When, When we moved here almost 20 years ago, time moved so quickly, 2005... We moved here in 2005. There was a building that was being used. We came back and forth. My wife and I, our family, we came back and forth from Puyallup. And if you do the math, if it was almost 20 years ago, all my kids were about knee-high to a grasshopper. And and so Miracle Grow works. And so we would drive back and forth twice a week. We'd drive over on the weekend, have service. We'd drive back. I'd work Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday night, I'd get off work just a little bit early. We'd jump in the car, and we'd drive over to have a Bible study, and then we'd turn around, and we'd drive back, try to get home about midnight. And two. We did that for, I think, what, about six months? About six months, a couple times a week. We, we were just helping. We had no plans of living over here. We, things were good there. We were serving with Bishop there in the church in Puyallup. And uh, anyway, the Lord moved us. He spoke to my wife about it before he spoke to me, and... And or I don't know if it was before he spoke to me, but he spoke to my wife about it before I got the guts to speak to her and tell her, hey, she's like, yeah, he's already told me. And so she was ready. Thank the Lord. And so we came and on a Saturday night, they did a service, you know, new pastor. We're going to install these. And there were five families, six, five or six families, I think, that we were working with that time back and forth. On a Saturday night, they did a service. New pastor prayed for us. It was, we were thankful. Sunday morning, we had our first service, officially. There were six families. Sunday morning, we had our official first service. Five of those six families didn't show up. That's not how I pictured it starting, Brother Gil. If 
five of those six families didn't show up. I won't go through all that story. I, I knew God had led us there. You know, when you know God leads you somewhere, you can't, you can't focus on the circumstances. you got to stand on the word. He wants to direct your steps. We weren't questioning whether we'd heard from God. Don't let the adversary cause you to question. He wants to direct your steps. So that happened. We're renting the building. God brought some people our way, the, the Rodriguez. We met them shortly thereafter in the Sanchez. And uh, this little building we were in, precious lady of God, Sister Mays, uh, she's gone on to be with the Lord. Sister Mays owned this building because she had a daycare, and she was glad to let us use this part for church. And uh, I was praying one morning shortly after we had been there. Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't long. I was praying one morning. I'm talking to you about the Lord moving and leading you. I'm praying one morning. I felt like the Lord put it in my heart. You need to write up an agreement and start paying her rent. And I thought, well, Lord, this is a blessing. She's, she, she wanted to bless us, and this is a blessing. And, you know, everybody left. But I knew, so we did. We sat down. We changed the name. There was a name on the sign out front for the church. We felt like we should change the name, so we did at that time. We called it the Lighthouse. Some of you remember that. And so we wrote up a document calling it the Lighthouse, and we wrote up a one-page rental agreement. I went to Sister May said, hey, we'd like to do this. We didn't give her an exorbitant amount of money. I think we gave her $400 a month or something. And, uh, and so she's like, oh, Brother Hart. She was the kindest lady you ever met. She went, Brother Hart, you don't need to do that. I'm like, no, Sister Mays, we do. We do. I feel like the Lord had dealt with me. Like, I think she'd been letting people use that building for years, and people just used and taken advantage of her, and the Lord was saying, you're not going to do that. Anyway. I'm, stay with me. Remember what I said? Try to hear beyond the story. And so I'm talking to you about the Lord wants to direct you. He knows the end from the beginning of your life. He knows what you don't know yet. He knows what's down the road that you can't see yet. He knows where you've been, but he also knows where you're going, and you don't know that. And you got to trust him when you don't. I was telling somebody today, like, we want God to be a fortune teller. That's not his role. And so we got to trust that. <clears throat> I'm telling you, it was shortly after we did that, shortly after we did that. One day I'm praying in that building. A man shows up I'd never met in my life. He walks into the building. Hey, are you the pastor here? Well, <laughs> the way he asked it, I wasn't sure I wanted to commit. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is that too honest? I wasn't denying who I was, but I was like, hold on a minute. The way he asked that, which pastor are you looking for? <laughs> uh, we're human. I said, yeah. He said, well, you all owe me $40,000. <laughs> That's what I did. I said, we do. Yep. I, 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 sir, I don't know you, and I don't understand. Well, this sanctuary right here, you see the section back there that's added on that made it a little long? Yeah, yeah. I loaned the church $40,000 to add that on. And you're the pastor now. I'm like, 
man, I don't know nothing about that. He's like, well, no, I understand, but you're, you're the same belief, right? The same church that was here before. I said, well, yeah, but he said, well, you owe me $40,000. You'll be hearing from my attorney. I'm thinking, well, here we go. Man, Lord, I paid four hundred. I thought we were doing the right thing, and now somebody's telling us we owe them forty thousand dollars. Now watch, watch what the God does. He wants to direct your life. You know what proved to the attorney we owed him nothing? We had a rental contract on the building with a different name, and the rental contract said, "Oh no." We don't own the building, and we're not using it free. We're a different name, and we're paying just to use it. And the attorney said, he's right. He's not the one that owes you the money. Did I know that was coming? No, I did not. But I'm convinced God knew. I didn't understand why God would take what I thought was a blessing of a f- use of a building for free and say, start paying for it. Right? Our human wisdom says, but God, isn't it the blessing of the Lord that they want to let me use it for free? Is, that, is this okay? But God saw the end from the beginning. He was directing our steps. Now, this isn't about me. This is about his church. He was directing our steps. Well, we knew we got to find another location. We're praying one morning. I told the men there that prayed. There was a handful of us. I told them. And they said, well, we'll go find something, Pastor. I said, well, I'm going to pray. We'll see what opens up. They were ready, man. Brother Roa. He was always ready, wasn't he, Brother Lewis? Brother Kuko Roa, God bless him. He was, he's gone on to be with the Lord. But Brother Roa was He's like, I'll go find I'm like, well, you know, if something opens up, let me know. But I'm, I'm not going to force this door open. I'm telling you, it was 45 minutes later. I get a phone call from Brother Roy. Pastor, I found a building. I'm dead serious. 45 minutes later. Pastor, I found a building. I'm like, okay, Brother Roy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I done talked to him. They said we can look at it later today if you want to look at it. Okay, Brother Roy, we'll look at it. Now, keep in mind, we don't own nothing. We're just using this building. We're paying $400 for it. Had chair. We don't have chairs. We don't have offering plates. I, I, not that that matters, but, you know, little things. We don't have Sunday school classes. We don't have tables and chairs. We don't have any of this stuff. So we go look at this, and this building's got pews. It's got a podium. It's got classrooms with supplies and tables and chairs. It's got a full commercial kitchen. And they're like, you know what? If you'll clean it up, you can have it free for the first month. What about all the stuff in it? Oh, no, use it. It's yours. All of a sudden, $400 a month didn't seem like a big deal. I said, well, I said, you know, I'm talking about the Lord leading you. See, sometimes we want to make it some grandiose thing. But God's involved in our lives. He wants to direct us. It's not happenstance. He's working in your life and mine, and he wants to direct us. And so we go in. I told the guy that we were, I said, hey, you know, we, we're, we're, we're a small congregation. You know, I think God's doing stuff, but we're just paying $400 a month over here at this place. He goes, ah, oh, that'll work. Really? Yeah? 
okay. And we rented that big old building for $400 a month. And then they came to us and said, hey, uh, you've been getting a good deal. We're going to triple your rent. It was after a few years. They weren't wrong in that necessarily. And, and that wouldn't have hurt us. We were in a different place at that time. It was about five and a half years later. We'd been there two years. We went to Arkansas for three. We'd come back. Been back about a year when that happened. I'll never forget it. Bishop and I prayed. He says, what do you think? Maybe I ask him, what do you think? We're both like, it's the moving of the cloud. It's the moving of the cloud. Man's not doing this to us. Now, we could have got mad and said, I can't believe that. These people trying to take advantage of us. How could they? I mean, oh, God, what are you doing? We had so much peace. We're like, okay, it's all right. It's the moving of the cloud. For the next year, we didn't have a building. The Lord started teaching us the power of meeting in homes and home groups. And then we went to the Red Lion and said, because we were in a building every other Friday night. Sure. Now, we don't have much money, I told the lady. I said, but, you know. She said, we'll set up chairs. We'll have water for you if you can bring in speakers. She said, 75 bucks. You go try to rent a convention center room that's set up for 150 people and see if they'll do it for 75 bucks for four hours every Friday night. And Brother Nelson came to me. He said, Elder, I talked to the Yakima Nation. They got a 300, I think it was 300 seat auditorium at the Yakima Nation. They said, if we use it on a weeknight, it's free. And so one Friday night, we'd go to the Yakima Nation and have service in their free auditorium. The other Friday night, we'd go pay the Red Lion 75 bucks and use their room that they, they even put water out for us. Talking about the moving of the cloud. Him wanting to lead your life and mine. Now, I'm talking about it on a, a broader scale as a church. But he does this on an individual level. He does this on an individual level. And so the spirit is moving. We joined and built a building together. Brother Johnstone, Curtis Johnstone, found the facility. We helped fund the development of the warehouse. And we met for three years in that building in Union Gap. We met, we were meeting on Friday night, so it didn't mess up their schedule. We had Friday night service, and I don't remember what the other night was, Tuesday maybe or something. And then they did Sunday and Wednesday or something like that. And we shared a building for three years. And then the Lord said, it's time. He started dealing with me, and I knew it's the moving of the cloud. Talking to you about the Lord wants to direct your steps. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 23, I believe it is, that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he, the Lord, delights in his way. Is that the right one? Hey, it helps when we get it right sometimes. Bible quizzing paid off, sister. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. You think God doesn't want to order your steps? He's not trying to trip you up. He's trying to direct you. You think you got here on your own goodness? 
Not a one of us. It's the goodness of God that orders our steps. There's nothing good in my flesh. The reason I can be a good man is because of the goodness of God in my life. And so the goodness of God in my life tells me He wants to order my steps. He wants to order your steps. Not only does He want to order your steps, when He's ordering your steps, He's delighting in your way. You want to talk about what makes God happy? Is when He gets to direct your steps. And He knows the plans He has for you, the Bible says, to bring you to an expected end, an end of peace. You're like, well, I want to know where he's taking me. Well, just know he's got a plan. He's taking you to a place of peace. Unexpected in. Ordering our steps. Every day. Every day. When we love him, we love his word. We seek to abide in him. We fellowship him through prayer. Doesn't mean we get it right all the time. Doesn't mean we always just bat in a thousand. We're going to miss the mark some days. That doesn't mean the Lord doesn't want to direct our steps. He doesn't go, you yahoo, figure it out on your own for a few weeks. No, that's not how our Lord works. The moment I resubmit, God, I can't do this. I don't even know when to go left, right, forward, or back. You do. I trust you that you're ordering my steps. Now, here's the thing. You have to trust that he's doing it. Well, I want to know. You don't always know. Well, how do you know, Brother Hart? I'll tell you how I know. His word says so. Well, what else? I don't have anything else. I don't need anything else. His word says so. He's not a man that he can lie. His word says so. He's ordering my steps. I don't say that arrogantly at all. I trust you understand that. But I have supreme confidence in him, not in myself. I have supreme confidence in him and his word. He's ordering my steps. You ever read the story of uh, Esther? Anybody ever read that story? Isn't that an amazing story? Isn't it beautiful? Don't you love the word of God? Esther's an amazing story, you know. Vashti, the queen, she's foolish, and the queen, king asked for her to come. She refuses, so he's like, I'm done with you. I'm going to get me another one. And uh, don't, don't do that. That was Old Testament. And so he's like, I'm, I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm, and so he puts out a word. Let's fight. Now, do you think the Lord was involved in that? You think he knew the end from the beginning? I think the Lord's going, I got a position, Esther. I got to start directing this young lady's steps. She don't even know. But I see down the road. And I'm moving her. She doesn't know why. She's going to be all excited. Oh, but she don't know before long. She's going to be fearing for her life. But I'm ordering her steps. She becomes the queen. Haman wants to kill the Jews. Mordecai is driving him crazy. The king goes to bed. Night of all nights, the king has a dream. He wakes up, or he, he can't sleep. He's troubled. He... I don't know that he had a dream. He can't sleep. He's troubled. He asks the historian, hey, get me, get me some records. I want to read. And he goes and reads. And he reads about the time there was an insurrection where people were going to rise up against him. 
And Mordecai, this man Mordecai, had came and made it known to the king. That happened the very night before Haman was going to come in and get okay to do some damaging things. And Haman comes in with his evil plan. And the king has just read some stuff the night before. A heathen king. Yes? Was God ordering the steps of a heathen king? Of course he was. The scripture is very clear. He holds the hearts of kings in his hand to turn them whithersoever he will. Haman comes in. The king says, what should be done to the man the king desires to honor? You know the story. Do this. Put him on a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, do it, Haman. Mordecai is the man. Ah! What was the Lord doing? Ordering steps. Now there's a decree that's gone out from the king to destroy all the Jews. Ah, but there's an Esther. Perfectly positioned because God was ordering her steps. You read, I read that story, and every time I read the book of Esther, I marvel at the timing of every piece, the timing of every element that right before this and then this and right here and right. And I think, dear God, how amazing that must be that God would so orchestrate multiple people's lives and events to bring people to an end. And then I hear the Lord saying, I will do the same thing in your life. I have brought you to where you are. I've directed your steps. And I'm still directing your steps when you allow me to. I know the end I have for you that I'm bringing you to. What I've started, I'm going to finish. There is not something God's doing where he's lost track of his plan. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing with your life. And mine. Because he orders our steps. Joel, it was June the 23rd. You and I decided to have a cup of coffee. Brother Joel had been telling me for a couple weeks, hey, let's have some coffee. The Lord was ordering his steps. I think we pushed it out. Something happened. and Oh, we thought something came up. And I said, well, we'll just push it out. It was the Lord ordering his steps. We had a cup of coffee. Friday morning, June the 23rd. Remember that? Maybe. Remember having coffee. You don't remember the day. Now you do. I mean, you'll remember the day. You just didn't remember the date. Now you do. We have a cup of coffee. We've been praying about a building, but I'm waiting. I can't move before the cloud moves. We don't get to tell the cloud when to move. Hear me, we want to sometime. We don't get to tell the cloud when to move in our lives. We want him to order our steps. We have to wait for him to do it. So we had coffee. We finished. We've been praying about a building. We're down there on, Nob- or on Tyaton, Yakima Coffee Company. They close that store now. They still have the little drive through hut, but they close the little store with plants. Plants are too expensive anyway. So... <laughs> Anyway, if you need plants, see Sister Kari. She's got a ton in their wholesale. <laughs> so <laughs> she's keeping all my wife's plants while we're still looking for a house. Um, Brother Nate said amen. And so uh, anyway, 
so we leave that little coffee shop. I said, hey, Brother Joel, let's, let's go over here and look at the Ace Hardware's moved out. Maybe that building there by Joanne Fabry, that Ace Hardware could be a church. Now, hear me. Please hear me. I didn't have some move of God in my prayer closet that morning where God started dealing with me about, get ready, I'm going to show you something today. You understand? Sometimes we think that God ordering our steps mean we felt some ooh and ah. And, and there are times where God deals with us and says, hey, and we need to be listening. We need to be attentive. Okay? Brother Reuben shared the story at the outset. God's ordering his steps with that man. He didn't plan that. I don't know that he went into that day going, oh, God's dealing with me about something. When I go pick up this check, I think something's going to take place. No, God's ordering his steps. He's doing this with all of it. We've got we to gotta understand. Either he does or he doesn't. And he's not a respecter of persons. So if I submit myself in prayer and to his word, and I say, God, my life is not my own. It belongs to you. I've made a mess, but you know what you're doing. Direct my life today. Direct my steps today. And so we looked at Ace Hardware, and I'm like, Brother Joel, that ain't going to work. I don't know if he agreed or just thought I could have told you that before we walked over here, but I don't know what he didn't say. But um, anyway, we walked back over to the car, coffee shop. There's a little retaining wall there where I park. I look across the law. I know you've heard some of this, but stay with me. I look across the law office parking lot and then across 35th Avenue, and I see the church there where I've sat in the parking lot before. And there's a sprinkler on the lawn. It's June the 23rd. I said, hey, Brother Joel, let's go up there and see who put that sprinkler out. Isn't that really spiritual? See, we make God order in our steps super spiritual so we don't give him credit for doing what he's doing in our lives every day. Or we get so busy doing what we're doing that we're not trusting him to order our steps. So we went up there. We met Pastor Mike Lindell. Asked him about renting the building. He gave us a tour. You heard that story. Gave us a tour, said, I'm working with another organization right now. Can't share anything, but they got architects and engineers. They may have a use for the building. So, But I'll keep you posted if something changes because we're going to sell it. Sounds good. That was June the 23rd. September the 15th. See how time works. God orders our steps. You doing all right? September the 15th. Pastor Mike Lindell, I reached out a couple days before, said, hey, you mentioned having a cup of coffee. Why don't we do that? Yeah, let's do it. How about? And so we met on September the 15th. It was a Friday. We had coffee. He said, hey, nothing's changed with the building. They're still working with this stuff. I just want to let you know. No problem. Thank you. Tuesday, September the 19th, I met at Panera with Pastor Jaime Gonzalez, pastor of the Apostolic Assembly in Union Gap. We had a good visit. I think the Lord was in that. I'm not sure what he's doing yet. He's not done. I'm driving back from that meeting towards my house. My friend Preston calls, who pastors Redeemed City Church on Lincoln. It's the building we used when Brother Merglin came for two nights and taught prophecy. He calls and he says, Joel, I just got a call from a lady whose husband's a youth pastor. They're my friend. And they saw that somebody was using our building and wanted to know if they, you all might be interested in buying a building. They're selling one. I said, I might be interested. Preston, do you know where it's at? Yeah, can you tell me? I can. Where? 
He told me, I said, Preston, I'm driving beside it right now. He said, really? I said, really, I just turned in the parking lot. Talking about God ordering our steps. Met the pastor, walked through the building. He said, the church doesn't know we're looking elsewhere yet, but we've got architects and engineers looking in another building. I said, you're working with Mike Lindell, aren't you? He said, how'd you know? And I told him the story. I said, I didn't know that when I walked in here. When we told Mike, Mike's like, I wanted to introduce you to him. I thought he had to meet you. And I told, he said, I can't believe you've met him before I got to introduce you. I'm telling you, June of last year, I didn't know either one of these men. God's ordering our steps. Mike and Rick, that's the pastor on Nob Hill, they were looking to exchange buildings and help a situation. Brother Joel, what day did we have coffee? Huh? June? June what? Were you paying attention? June 23rd, right. June 23rd, remember that? I was talking with Mike today. He was talking about how unbelievable this is, what God is doing. I've been, write, I've been writing this out. I've got screenshots of text exchanges for the timeline, what God has done and how he's ordered it all along the way. Talking about ordering our steps. We're standing in the parking lot talking. Mike says, I think this is bigger than buildings. I said, so do I. I said, I told Pastor Rick, I'm writing this out. I want to share it with the two of you, not because I think you need to read my writing. But I'm just one perspective in this. And I think maybe you read it and we'll get more. He says, can I tell you something? Sure, Mike, tell me. He says, that Friday when you showed up on June the 23rd, he knew the date. I said, yeah. He said, the day before, June the 22nd. My district superintendent came over from Seattle. And he walked through the building that Thursday, the 22nd, with Pastor Rick. And he called me, got with me that morning, Friday morning, before you and that young man came over late in the morning. And he told me, I don't think we're going to be able to make this work financially. He said, that was the day before in the morning of that you showed up. He said, what's even crazier, he said, I usually don't put the sprinkler out and mow the lawn on Friday. He said, I always do that on Saturday. Because they were living in Tri-Cities at the time. And he said, we would come down on Friday, stay, and then on Saturday I'd mow the lawn and do those things. He said, but something had us going back to Tri-Cities on Saturday, so I had to put the sprinkler out and mow the lawn on Friday. You can think whatever you want. I know a God that orders steps. Not just one person's. Multiple people's to bring about his will. Tuesday we signed a purchase and sale agreement. All of us. We expect that we'll close on the 18th of this month. We expect the first service in our new building will be the 24th. It is the moving of the cloud. It's 
the moving of the cloud. Now watch, stay with me just a little bit longer. I'm not trying to wear you out. How old's Ronnie now? 27. So it's been a few years. It was Ronnie's birthday party. Y'all lived in that house in Wapato beside that church. It was a little cold that day. Was your birthday in April? Yeah, it was a cold April day. Tables were set up outside, but it was cold. Remember that? I remember. Brother Lewis, Sister Julie weren't feeling the greatest, but they had a birthday party. I was done. I was getting ready to leave. They were still having a party. We sort of made a, I, I don't take this the wrong way. We, we sort of made a drop-in quick visit. We had somewhere else to be. It wasn't like a token visit. I hope you understand that. We just, yeah, but it was important to us. It was, Ronnie was a young teenager. And before we get ready to leave, this couple that's dating walks in. Two kids dating. Starry-eyed. girl had on these jeans that were all ripped and intentionally I think I think it was by design I don't think the dog did it it's the first time I met them They asked Lewis and Julie, who's that? I guess when I left. Who's that? Oh, that's, yeah, that's our pastor. He's in Arkansas. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, how come he's never, Lewis had started a Bible study with him not long before, I guess. And uh, how come he hasn't come? Lewis calls me. They want to know why you haven't come. I'm like, you haven't invited me. <laughs> we went, I don't know, I think it was a Tuesday night. God filled Sister Priscilla with the Holy Ghost in that Bible study. Yeah. He was ordering your steps. You probably thought about not even going to that birthday party. God wouldn't even let you skip it. He had divine destiny on your life. And so the Almighty God was ordering your steps. He still does. Still does. You got to know this. Oh, you may not remember. I remember. December 2012, January 2013. The Lord saw fit that Bishop and I made a few trips to Post Falls at a difficult time for a congregation of people. And time flies, doesn't it? Is it possible that God would bring the intersecting of lives? Does he see the end from the beginning? Did I recognize something then in 2012? I don't know. I was just trying to do what I thought I was supposed to do. But God did. I believe God did. I don't remember it, but I'm told that I prayed for that couple. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, you pray for a lot of people. And... Sometimes I remember God using me. Sometimes I don't. I ask him to have it that way so I don't get too puffed up. But 
Brother Nate said that I prayed for he and Sister Kari that day, one of those days on one of those visits. I don't know what God said. I don't know what was said in that prayer, but the Lord knows. I think the Lord saw 12 years down the road, 10 years down the road. He said, I got an intersection coming. I don't know. He orders our steps. He orders our steps. He orders our steps. I, I could keep going around this room. Sister Sandra thought it'd be a good time to take nursing school. Sister Julie had been putting it off for years. <laughs> True story. I'm sure there were reasons, but she probably didn't even recognize at the time. Maybe she did. It was God that was putting it off. He needed her to show up in that class when Sandra and Stephanie were in the class. He knew, I've got a couple young ladies that I'm going to cause to intersect. And so this class isn't yet for you and for you. But she tried to go. Didn't you try to go to the Wazoo class? Yeah, God said no. They were dumb. They wouldn't take her. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I don't, I don't, you understand what I mean. That was the Lord. See, don't just think because things don't go your way. If she'd have got accepted there, she'd have never met them. And the Lord said, no, they're not accepting you at that school. I have another school. I'm ordering your steps. Would you stand with me tonight? We have to have such a faith and a confidence in Him. It's not our goodness. It's not our ability. We can put so much pressure on ourselves to try to be spiritual. We should be spiritual. But we can put so much pressure on ourselves when the reality is if we'll just have an abiding relationship with Him... He will order our steps. He'll order our steps. He'll direct our steps. Well, what happens when I make a mistake and I miss it when he was trying to order my steps and then I, I look back and I know he was trying to, but man, I, I did my own thing. Oh, the love of God. Oh, the love of God. He says, well, I guess i got to redirect here. Get somebody in their path again. You know, Jonah decided to order his own steps until God got involved. Well, the Lord doesn't care. He'll send a great fish to swallow you up to get you where he wants you. He's that convinced that he's going to order your steps. I'd rather go willingly, just saying. But that's how, that's how much God wants to order our steps when he has a plan for our life. He has a plan for your life. Why would God send his sister Yesenia to the Philippines? He was ordering her steps. 
Oh, the love of God for each one of us. Oh, the love of God. Would you talk to the Lord right now? There's not a one of us in this room that got where we are by our own goodness or our own doing. I'm telling you, the Lord orders our steps. You can trust Him with your life. You can put your life in His hands. God, I don't know which direction to go, but I, I'll lay hold on your word tonight. Come on, it works in the broad picture and it works in the day-to-day living. God, I I wonder about this and I don't know about that. And I Come on, you got to cast that on Him and say, Lord, I believe your word. Order my steps. I submit my life to your plan even when I don't know what it is. And most of the time, I don't know what it is, God. But I trust you that you order my steps. I trust you that you guide my life. I trust you that you're in control every time I allow you to be. And so again, afresh and anew tonight, I submit. I thank you for ordering. I thank you for directing. I thank you for guiding. I thank you for the things yet to be done where you already have plans because you know the end from the beginning. I thank you for where you're taking us and what you've yet to do. But I thank you for what you've already done that's brought us this far. It's only by the goodness and grace of God. I thank you. Come on, take heart, take heart, take heart. Lay hold on faith. Lay hold on faith. He's ordering your steps. Come on, lay hold on faith. He's directing your life. Lay hold on faith. He, he knows what he's doing. When you submit to him, he's going to do it. Come on, cry out to him. Talk to him about the situation. Lay it before him and let him direct your thoughts and your path. It's the love of God for you that wants to do so. Well, my mistake and your mistake doesn't mean he stops. He just draws us back into right relationship and he picks right up and says, Okay, here we go. I'm going to order now that you're letting me. Come on, talk to him. Come on, talk to him from your own place. And let him talk to you. He knows where you are. He hasn't lost track of you. He hasn't lost sight of you. He hasn't written you off. He hasn't written off your loved one. Your prayers aren't going unanswered. Just trust Him. He's still working. Just trust Him. He's still working. Even the pain in your life, he can order the steps. Hear me as you're praying. I was, the Lord was reminding me of this in prayer tonight. It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, they're not able to be here this evening, but it was 10 years ago that Sister Denise was pregnant and she got word that 
It didn't look good for the baby. The doctors tried to convince her to abort the child. She knew she couldn't do that. I hadn't met the father yet. Probably best. I wanted to snap his head. Not kill him, just hurt him really bad. Man, is that too honest? Um, we told her, no, you got to leave it in the hands of God. You got to leave it in the hands of God. You got to leave it in the hands of God. It wasn't a joyous day. It was a sorrowful day. I remember walking into that hospital room. She's lying there in the bed holding that baby. It's the first time I met that punk. He was a punk then. He's not now. God forgave him and healed him and has turned him into a powerful man of prayer. It's the first time I met that guy, Rigo. I remember thinking, I, I, I'm just being real. I hope that's okay. They're not here, but it's being recorded. They can hear it. Probably not saying anything. They haven't heard me tell them. I remember thinking, well, now she's holding the baby. The baby's stillborn. It was, it was tough to look at this child and to feel their hurt. I had no words. But I saw this young man sitting by the bed. They weren't married at the time. They weren't proud of that, but the world, what the world does to us. And I remember thinking, well, in case you think your pastor always thinks great thoughts. I remember thinking, well, we'll see how long he hangs around once this blows over. Now, that was my first thought. But then the Lord nudged me said he had the character to be here I repented I said yeah he's over there and I left there that day burdened for that young man I did not know praying God saw the Why do I tell you that tonight? Even in your tragedy, he understands. I know we always want it to be beautiful and everything's perfect. And oh, I can really see God in that. Even in your tragedy, he understands. He saw you. He knew. Don't think for a moment he didn't know. He orders your steps. I feel the love of God here tonight, don't you? Why don't you talk to him again? Just let him love you. Please, would you please let him love you right now? I'm not saying he made tragedy happen. But when it happened, he didn't decide he wasn't going to direct you anymore. When you cried out, he's like, okay, here we go. Come on, you can trust him. Come on, you can trust him. I'm telling you, there's a cloud moving. There's a cloud moving in some lives tonight. 
The pillar of cloud is moving. There's a shifting taking place in some of your lives as you submit afresh to the will of God. As you submit afresh to the plan of God. Come on, talk to him. Come on, we're not hurrying past this point. He's wanting to do a work in you. He's, he's healing some things right here in this place. He's affirming to you afresh. I know where you are. I know what I'm doing. Don't believe the lies and abort the process. Let me direct your life. I'll bring you to an expected end. Let me do what I have planned for you. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Let the Spirit of the Lord do the work. In the name of Jesus, O Motore Amashi, Recaero de los Santos, Rivo, Serebeo, Reteto de los Satai, Rivo, Saere, Corabashe. By your spirit, by your word, I receive it of you, Father. Come on, let him heal that place. Let him heal that place and work again. Come on, he was ordering your steps when you were but a child. When you were a child and you didn't even know much about him, if you knew him at all, he was ordering your steps then. All along the way. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Order the steps. Order the next one, God. Order the next one, Lord. Direct the next one, Lord. I trust you. It's a lie from the pit of hell that God has forgotten you. He's more concerned with you than you even know. The tabernacle was just a type and shadow of his desire to direct you. I've had something happen interestingly to me in the last couple of weeks in prayer. I've never, never had this happen before. Lord dealing with me in a way that hadn't dealt with me before. I woke up one morning. I wake up every morning. Thank you, Jesus. I woke up early in the morning, as he generally does. And I woke up, when I woke up, I was thinking about my daughter, Autumn. 
I wasn't troubled, but I immediately began praying for her. Talking to the Lord about her as the Lord would lead me. I prayed a while. As he led me for a while. I finished, went on into just fellowshipping the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and dealt with me. He said, you did not wake up thinking about your daughter because she was on your mind. He said, you woke up thinking about your daughter because she was on my mind. I was thinking about her. And I knew it wouldn't take much to get you to pray for her. It happened to me again just a a few days later, I was sitting on the couch reading in the evening, and a couple came to my mind. I thought, hmm, started thinking about their situation. Began talking, just talking to the Lord about it. You know, he's got to talk to him about stuff. I was talking to him about their situation. What I knew, what I didn't know, just felt like the Lord led me in prayer. And again, after a season, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you didn't think of them because they were on your mind. You thought of them because they were on my mind. And that scripture came to me like, I know the thoughts I have for you. You ever made this statement? God laid you on my heart. You ever said that? He did. What does that mean? It means God was thinking about them. And he invited you to participate. Because he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. And so he's thinking about you more than you realize. And so when someone reaches out and says, hey, man, I, I prayed for you today. I just, you were on my mind. We can say, oh, they're so spiritual. Maybe they are. I'm not knocking being sensitive to God. We should be. But really what the Lord is doing is saying, like to share with you what's on my mind and I wonder if you're willing to participate with me in what I'm thinking about it'll change how you pray and I feel such a deep work of the spirit happening here I don't even understand what he's doing feel him reaching in and rearranging some thoughts. I feel the Spirit of the Lord reaching in and rearranging some perceptions where the enemy has deceived you and you've given room to doubt. You've given room to fear. You've given room to question. Hurt has caused you to wonder. Life has caused you to wonder. The waiting in some situations has caused you to wonder. 
I'm telling you, he's ordering your steps. The writer of Proverbs declared it. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. And he might just. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what it says. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. What do you do? You get up in the morning. God, I acknowledge you for my job. I don't know how to do it without you. I acknowledge you for my marriage. I don't know how to make it work without you. I acknowledge you for my home. I don't know how to fix broken pieces without you. I acknowledge you for the mistakes I've made that only you can heal me. I acknowledge you in all of my ways. I can't do it without you. So I'm coming to you, acknowledging you in every way, in every choice. And the word of God is clear. If you and I will acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct your path. You can't get out of the hand of God when you purpose to acknowledge Him with everything in your life. Come on, young lady, why don't you just stop resisting and reach your hands up towards him right now. Come on, reach toward him right now and let him minister into your spirit. healing there's healing here there's healing here mm. he's not done with you I'm not trying to belabor something here. I'm just waiting on the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to hear. He's not done with you. Matter of fact, if you and I will submit, he's just getting started. He is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all we can ask or even think. According to his power that works in us.
of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's a life whose steps are directed to the Lord. I'll finish here. Whatever he's doing in all of this, it's far more than just an address change. I, I told my wife in December, I said, baby, Selling this house isn't just us downsizing. I said, I don't know what he's doing, but whatever's happening, God is, there's, I know what I feel in my spirit. I've, I've gone through this enough. There's a transition taking place spiritually. He's, I'm being careful. I'm not trying to hype you up or I can only tell you what I know and recognize in the Holy Ghost. There's a cloud moving. What God has done in this building situation is nothing short of miraculous. We have three different denominations. Three men that didn't know each other eight months ago. Nine months ago. Two of them did. I guess the odd guy that showed up. But I'll tell you, are we still recording? Stop it because I'm going to say something that can't be shared public. 